elevator at times by mistake because we want to go up and then the elevator is going down. The elevator is known as lift, by the way, in British, British English. I do, I don't know about you, I often get into an elevator, you know, in a hurry. I wanted to go to the floor, fourth floor, for example, but then the elevator is going down. I do that often at times. But I wait there patiently knowing that the elevator is anyway it's going to come up. So I wait there patiently. At some point of time, someone did the same mistake of getting into an elevator that was going down, but he got into an elevator thinking that the elevator is going up. And he got into the elevator and the moment he realized that the elevator is going down, he's just started freaking out from inside, saying that I want to go up. I didn't know that. And everyone was telling them that, come on, you just cool down, calm down a bit because the elevator is going to go down and it is going to come up. And he was very aggressive. He very impatient and he went and hit the button and the elevator stopped in the next floor. And he got out and he got out of the elevator and again he pressed the up button because he wanted to go up and he was just waiting there and he became so restless and he expected the same elevator to come up obviously the same elevator only will come up and the same elevator came up but for his surprise when the elevator was opened he saw all the same bunch of people there inside the elevator and they all together and this is what all together joined and this is what they said they said every ascent has a descent can you say that with me every ascent has a descent this morning i would like to title my sermon as every ascent has a descent ascent is climbing up obviously descent is kind of going down can you say ascent and descent so every ascent has a descent. You know, when I think about elevator, I can't forget those elevator moments in my life. There were times I get into the elevator, I wanted to go to the third floor or fourth floor, and I found nobody's there, and automatically the door gets closed, and I just wait there, wait there, thinking that the elevator will take me to the fourth floor, but nothing was happening. I'm just standing there. And then later I realized that I didn't press any button. I don't know whether you have gone through it. I have gone through it a couple of times. On the other day, I took somebody to IWK. And we went there and then check up, everything was done. It's maybe one of you. So went there and then I came down from the third floor or second floor or third floor. I was inside the elevator and uh, people walked into that. I just got into the elevator and then I just, you know, we came down. And when we came down to that floor, then everybody went out. And I was still standing there thinking that the, probably the lower floor is yet to come. The lowest floor is yet to come. I was just standing there. Then suddenly people started walking into the elevator and then I was just standing in the corner. Then everybody walked into the elevator and then one elderly woman, with all respect, she asked me, Sir, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to the, I'm going down. And she changed her tone a little bit and he, she said, Honey, this elevator doesn't go down anymore. This is the lowest floor. And a little bit of blushing on my face, I just got out of the elevator thanking her. I have a couple of 
couple of more stories I'll tell you that in the later time. Elevator, it always reminds me those elevator moments that I used to have. So every ascent has a descent. We see mountaintop as we are dri driving, we see the mountaintop, you know, we just see the elevation and we see the ascent. But we know for sure if there is an ascent, certainly there is going to be a descent on the other side. At times when we drive, we drive, you know, towards the city, but before the city, we, all that we see is a big mountain. I, I, I don't remember, in a couple of cities in this, in, this, in this province too, we see all that we see is a mountain, just big mountain. And once you reach up closer to the mountain and just drive around, you see a beautiful city. So every ascent has a descent. Today we see people, those who are coming up in career, and they shine forth like anything, and they do great things, and you know, and they're, they're so famous and they're so popular, but they have come up to that level because they had a descent in their lives. They were not just there always in their lives. They had tough times, they had hard times to climb up to that level that they are in today. You know, Jesus had to descend before he could ascend. I want to take you to those scriptures in a moment. In other words, Jesus had to humble himself down before he was lifted up. So if you can put the scriptures on the screen, Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. We see in that scripture, in the scripture sex portion, we see how many descents that Jesus had in his life. How many times he had to humble himself before he could get into that position, before he could lift it up, he could be lifted up above everything. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11, shall we just read it together? Let this mind be in you. Shall we read together? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he did not make that position for his own advantage. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. First descent you see there. He did not consider himself to be in a position that is equal with God. First descent, verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. Then we see the second descent taking the form of a bond servant. We see the third descend and coming into the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, fourth descend, he's humbling himself. Even the death, sorry, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. We see the fifth descend. Even the death of the cross, it was not just an ordinary death. It was a shameful death. Death at the cross, the sixth descent. Verse 9, therefore, God also has highly exalted him. Now we see the ascent. The ascent did not come before the descent. Jesus had to allow himself to go down so low to the ground and to take up the cross upon him and to allow himself to die at the cross. Then we see the ascend and given him the name which is above every name. Now he is getting exalted. He's lifted up just like anything. Verse 10, that at any 
at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And verse 11, can you read together? And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. That glory to Jesus did not come just like that. He had to go through all the distance in his life in order to get ascended in a position where he is lifted up and he is glorified. You know, this morning we are talking about the ascend comes after the descent in our lives. Jesus had to go through it. This morning, if everything is declining in our lives, if we feel that every door is closed, if we face difficulty in every phase of our life, wherever we go, we find difficulties. If we find difficulties in maintaining the relationship, if we have trouble in every area of our lives, we need to realize that we are in the descent of our lives. Can you say descend again? We are in the descent of our life. Wherever you go, you see the door is closed. Whatever you try, it's not materializing. You know, there are many times we seek out for help, thinking that people can help us, but then wherever we go, whatever door you knock, it's not working. It worked for somebody else, but it doesn't work for you. The other person had gone through it so easily, but you are knocking and knocking and struggling, but it's not happening. Have you been that in that stage? forever in your life any of you in that stage that you knocked and knocked and knocked but nothing happened nothing opened we must realize that we are in the descent also remember every ascent has a descent can you say that again every ascent has a descent so we don't need to be in panic we don't need to be afraid and we don't need to even rebel at the time when we are in the descent. We need to know that at times when we do not know that we are in the descent, we try to do all sort of things. By doing all these things, you know, eventually we gain hatred, we walk away from God, and we lose our peace of mind, and we trouble everyone around us. But what we need to know, we need to know that we are in the descent of our life. And even if you try our level best to ascend to the position where we want to be, but it's not happened, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. Because you are in the descent of your life. I'm not sure this morning what I say, are you able to connect with you? Connect that with you. With what you have gone through or what you are going through in your life. Jesus said, in Matthew, can you read the scripture together? Matthew chapter 23, verse 12. Jesus said, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. We don't want to lift us up. Because Jesus said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Jesus will say that your time is not up there yet. You need to wait. It is the time that you are in your descent. You can't try to come up. Don't try to come up. Have you all been in the elevator? Sorry, escalator? And when you go to the shopping malls, you see the escalator, right? So have you, been, have you seen escalators like one goes up and one comes down side by side? Have you ever tried to climb up in the elevator that is, sorry, in the escalator that is coming down? Have you tried that ever? You did? Okay, a couple of you tried. 
How was it? <laughs> so everyone tried in the escalator. That's coming down, but you try to climb up. Have you ever reached? No? No. Probably with a lot of effort, probably you may be able to get there, but then it's not going to be easy. You know, sometimes we do the same thing in our lives. Our life is in a descent, it's going down. But during the time we try to ascend, we try to come up in our lives, but you try, you try. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try, but we need to realize that we are in the ascent of our life. Once you know that moment, you know, such going to be such a great blessing, just not for you, mainly for people, those who are around you. Otherwise, not only your life, you will make their life miserable. I'm telling you, you'll make their life miserable if things are not happening in your life. This morning, God is telling us that we need to know the timing of God working in our lives. There are four things. Before that, I just want to read one more scripture. Bible says very clearly, we must wait for God to lift us up in that moment. First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Can you read with me? Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That she may exalt you in due time. Until then, just know your moment that you are in a descent and just know that moment of your life and just wait for God. Wait for God. There are four things you might do if you hit the bottom of your life. There are four things that we can do. Sometime or the other, we are all going to hit the bottom of our life. Maybe some of us here, though, some of you may be listening to me this morning. That you are hitting right now the bottom of your life. There are four things that you can do when you hit the bottom of your life. Number one, never assume that it's an end of everything. Can you read that with me? Never assume that it's an end of everything. Moment we hit the rock bottom, many times many of us assume that it's all gone. It's all gone. That's the end of it. I don't think I'll be able to come up again in my life. I don't think it's going to work in my life. It's not for me. It's not for me at all. Probably it may work, it worked out for somebody else, but it's not going to work for me. Moment we hit the bottom of our lives, God is telling us this morning, never assume that it's the end of everything. Joseph was in the deep pit. Daniel was in the, in the lion's den. David was standing before Goliath. Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. But our God is such a God who brought out his people in all those situations. He never let them go. He never put them down. You know, this morning you serve a God and I serve a God who is able to bring you out of the situation that you are in today. Do you know that those are the moments that God makes new beginnings? Have you heard of new beginnings? Those are the moments in your life God makes new beginnings. There are new things will spring up. If you materialize, you may be just working in one direction. God will bring something else on your way. You would have never thought, you would have never imagined about it, but you see God working in your life and he brings something that is extraordinary, something that is amazing. 
All that we need is that we need an eyes of faith to see what is beyond the ascent. We need to see that so as they were saying that as we were driving to the city, all that we see is the hill. But above, beyond that, we see a beautiful city. We need to keep an eyes, our eyes open, eyes of our faith open to see what is beyond those hurdles that you are dealing with today. What is the problem that you are dealing with? What are those hurdles that you are dealing with? This morning, God wants you to know that there is something amazing that God has in store for you. God wants you to know that. Never assume that it's an end of everything. Bible says God really doesn't test us beyond our ability. How many of you have gone through tests in life? Yes? Anybody else? Yes? Yes? Thank you. So most of us have gone through tests in our lives. I mean, obviously, we have gone through the exams and you know, all those tests that we do. But then more than that, life struggles, challenges, temptations, trials and tribulations. We have gone through all these things. And you know what God says? He will not test you beyond your ability. And even when you go through some times of testing in your life, he is going to make a way of escape. That's what Bible says. Can you read the scripture? First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. Can you read with me in the screen? Beautiful scripture. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Sometimes when people come to me for prayer and they say, Pastor, I can't handle it anymore. I say that that's not true. That's not true. You can still handle it. You can still go through it. She may be or he may be in tears and then I say, this is what I say, you can still go through it. You can still handle it. Because that's what the scripture says. God is not going to test you beyond your ability. If God has roughened you in a situation that you have gone through in the past in your life, that simply means that God is preparing you for something which is more adverse, more severe in your life. Because you had gone through it already. And today you are often enough, you are capable enough to handle that moment in your life. God will not put you and toss you out there and just enjoy of your sufferings. No, he will not do it. He knows for sure that you are capable of handling it. This morning, I don't know what you are handling and what you are going through in your life. And God wants you to know that you are capable of handling it. You are capable of handling it. God says he will also make a way of escape. But you bear it. You go through what you are going through right now. You know, when there is a little problem in our workspace, workplace, when we are having a misunderstanding with our team lead. Okay, we are done with everything. I'm just going to put my resignation today. I don't, I can't work with the team anymore. We assume that we have come to end the end of everything. When there is misunderstanding, when there is arguments and fights in the relationship, then immediately we throw that big word and saying that I can't live together anymore with this man or with this woman. But God has already made you for a time such as this. He knows what you are going through in your life. When we don't like a church, you know, we explore the churches and we come to a church and then be with the church for some time and then some simple thing you don't like in the church and we say, that, oh no, it's all done. I'm leaving. Bye-bye. 
We assume, we assume. And God is saying that never assume that it's an end of everything. Remember, every ascent has a descent. Can you say that again with me? Every ascent has a descent. Secondly, when you hit the bottom of your life, never get discouraged with people. When you hit the bottom of your life, never get discouraged with people. This is so real, so practical. When we descend, our expectation on others ascends. When we descend, our expectation on others increases. We expect people to have concern over us because we are declining. We are getting in trouble. We are in trouble. We want people to look at it. We want people to have concern over us. At times even we develop self-pity over ourselves and we expect people to understand and people to realize what we are going through. But we get discouraged. And God is telling us, when we are in the descent, when we know that there is going to be an ascent in our lives, God is telling us never get discouraged with people. You know, people are around us when everything is going well with us. When we are doing good in our work, when our family life is flourishing, they all come and we all have a meal together and we have a good time together, we enjoy. When our business is flourishing, even unknown people will come and try to become a friend with you. When everything is going on well, everybody wants to be around, but when disasters start striking our lives, when things are declining in our lives, the moment people sense that, we see they just start leaving one by one. People are not going to be with us forever. At times we get discouraged when we look at people and we expect people to acknowledge what we are going through, what you are going through. It may be within family, it may be between husband and wife, it may be within family, it may be within the church or the community or the workplace, wherever you are. They are not friends anymore because they don't have anything to do with you. And they were all hanging around you with you because they had a desire. They had their plans. They have their desire and their wishes. But now it's all gone. Job's friends heard about the ill state that he was in. Three friends came for what? To counsel and to comfort. To console him. To comfort him. That's where they came. That's where they came. And when they came, they ended up in accusing him. Do you know the story? They ended up in accusing him. In fact, Job calls them as miserable comforters. You read that exact same word in Job chapter 16, verse 2. Miserable comforters. That's, where they, that's what they are called. You know, today people around us can behave at times in this way. But what God is telling us, never get discouraged with people. 
Want to read a couple of scriptures? Bible gives us a warning about this in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10. Can you read with me together? Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10. Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. What does it mean? What does the scripture mean? The scripture doesn't mean that your brother is bad. The scripture doesn't mean that your, your siblings, your brothers or sisters, they are bad. No, 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 it's, it doesn't really tell about it. It tells you to set your expectations right. It tells you to set your expectations right. What is that expectation? Can you read that again? Do not forsake your own friend or your father's friend. Now go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away it is helping us to set what to expect what to expect that's all it says if you want to read that from niv that niv puts it in a different way do we have that yeah so can you read with me do not forsake your friend and your friends or a friend of your family and do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. That again, that doesn't mean that relatives are bad. They may be. But that doesn't mean that's not the intention of the scripture. But then scripture says, set your expectations right. We need to know what we can expect from people. That doesn't mean really people are bad, but we need to set our expectations. You know, most of the time when you realize the problem that we are dealing with today, the problem is with whom? With us? With whom? With ourselves. With ourselves. Most of the problem that we have in our lives is because we have not set our expectations right. The moment we expect too much of too much from somebody we get into trouble we get into problem when bible says i won't read a couple of more scriptures one, at least one or two bible says in psalms 27 if you can read with me can you read the scripture beautiful scripture when my father and my mother forsake me then the lord will take care of me take care of me that doesn't mean that father and mother they are going to throw you out they may they may that's needed but they won't do it. That's not the intention of the scripture again. Scripture is telling you to set your expectation right. Set your expectation right. Moment we struggle in our lives because we are not loud enough. That's always the problem between families. I expect love. I expect respect. I expect love and I expect respect. In a moment the respect is not received, you are in trouble. The family is in trouble. Moment the love is not received, we are in trouble. But then again, we are all human beings in a family. Can you set our expectations right? What amount of level of respect I can expect? What level of love I can expect in order to run your family together? God wants us to set our expectations right. Many times the way we are busy today, we don't have time to take care of anybody. When our time comes, we need to remember that they will not have time to take care of us. We need to realize and we need to remember that. 
We are busy and we are unable to take care of people around us. We are so busy and we also need to remember that our day will come. There will not be people to take care of us. God is telling us, never get discouraged with people. On the other day, Meenakshi visited one of our senior women. She used to come to our church. See, she's in the hospital now. She went to visit her. And when she, after the visit, she wanted to leave, and then she was holding her tight and saying that, please do not leave. Please do not leave. I don't have anybody coming and visiting me. Please do not leave. And at times, when we don't have time to take care of such people, when our time comes, that's what we can expect. Thirdly, when you hit the bottom of your life, never fail to trust in the power of God. Can you hear an amen this morning? When we hit the bottom of our life, we should never fail to trust in the power of God. God is a supernatural God. Do you believe that? He's a supernatural God. He's a miracle working God. He's an amazing God. God, Bible says, God makes a way when there is no way. You would have experienced that in your life and I have experienced that in my life. I want to share a little bit of story from the Old Testament. When Jehoram, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, along with the king of Edom, they were trying to fight against the king of Moab. King of Moab, you know, he was rebelling against the king of Israel. Not only rebelling against them, he was not at all giving his tithes to the, sorry, not, not tithes. He was not at all giving his uh, dues, whatever, not tithes. They won't give tithes to kings. So give tithes to? Tithes to whom? God, okay. So he, he was not giving his dues to this king. He's supposed, they are in agreement, they are, they are supposed to give if you ever remember the story, they give thousands or ten thousands of cattle and something else. So they need to give us a due to the king. But then he was not giving. So, so this king joined with king of Israel, Joh Jehoram joined with the Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And they were fighting at the valley of Edom. So king of Edom joined together and they were fighting. One fine morning, king of Israel realized there was absolutely no water at all. The army is struggling without water and houses are getting killed without water and he was not sure what can we do now if we are going continue to starve for water the king of Moab is going to come and destroy all of us and king of Israel said can you just find out a prophet and Elijah was the prophet at that time and they sent words to Elijah and Jehoshaphat and the in fact, king of Judah called Elijah and Elijah came over there. And when Elijah came there, he asked for a musician. Prophecy goes along with music. It's so important. Music is so important. He called for a musician. So somebody coming there with the, taking their guitar and just walking near to king, uh, prophet Elijah. And he started playing the guitar and the instrument. And the word of God came upon Elisha. 
And when the music was played, God started speaking through the prophet Elisha. And this is what exactly God said. Can you read together verse 16? And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, verse 17, you shall not see wind. Follow this. You shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. Where is it going to come from? You will not see wind and you will not see rain, but the valley is going to be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals may drink. And verse 18, and this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? You know, this morning, what you are going through in your life, you are depending on so many resources. You are depending on so many people. And you are waiting for this to happen, that to happen, this approval to come. And God, how can I move forward? How can I take it further? I am stuck here in the middle of everything. If that's what you are saying, God is telling you, you will not see the wind. You will not see rain. Because our God is a supernatural God. Amen. This morning, God is telling you, never fail to trust in the power of God. Next day morning, when they woke up, the valley was filled with water. Such is the power of God. Such is the power of God. You know, this morning, I want you to know, I want you to realize the power of God. And God is telling you to trust in God. If you do not trust in God, if you do not seek for a miracle, you will never get a miracle. That's how it works. If you don't seek for a miracle, it will, not, it will not work. If you think that miracles are not happening today, miracles will not happen. That's how it is. And God is telling you this morning, never trust in the miracle working power of God. He's a supernatural God. When you descend, never try to forget the power of God. God makes a way when there is no other way. God changes the hearts of people. Have you seen that happening? We try, we try, we try, but then it never happens. But you know what? God changes the hearts of people easily. And God opens the door. Most of the time it will happen when we try everything. And when we are in a time that we are giving up and we don't want to try anymore, that's the time God will show you that. It's the same as things that we are praying for, praying for years after year, it never happens. And now we don't like that anymore. You want that particular, this model, that model, you know, you want such a good looking spouse and all. And finally, you know, this is what you got, right? So now, now, now what's happening is you just lost all the interest in your life. And when you give up everything and that's the moment you see God is bringing those things in your life. And he'll say that, God, I don't want it anymore. I'm done with it. And God says, receive my blessing now. God that didn't want you to fix your eyes upon that individual or that job, this position or that house, this house, that car, this car, whatever it may be. God is telling you this morning. God is telling you. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He will do it in times. You know, when Jesus was sitting and preaching in the house, Bible says, if that is so real, I believe that is real even this morning too. All that God is expecting is us to trust in him. When he was about to heal a paralyzed man, Bible says the power of God was present there to heal. 
And you remember the story that because they couldn't get into the, into the house, they opened the roof and dropped the paralyzed man in front of Jesus and he got healed. But scripture says just before that happened was Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Can you read with me? Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. When this happened, not when he was praying, but when he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by and watching what is happening here. Who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And Bible says, can you read the last line with me? And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. God is asking us to trust in the power of God to heal, the power of God to deliver, the power of God to set things right in your life, power of God to change the hearts of people, power of God to open the door that are closed in your life. And God is telling you this morning, and God wants you to believe. What do you believe? And the power of the Lord was present to do everything that you want to do in your life. But all that you need to do is when you are descending, never fail to trust in the power of God. Luke chapter 6 verse 19, can you read with me? And the, one, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. When you are descending in your health, I would say you need to continue to pray. Whatever sickness it may be that you don't want a name, pray until the last breath because God wants you to believe that God can revive you anytime he's able he's capable he's capable until the last minute pray for a miracle if you think that your marriage is breaking if you think that you are you are jobless for so many months together God wants you to try God wants you to knock the door and God wants you to know that the power to do a miracle is present very much with you if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Only believe. It's all by faith. It's all by faith. Fourthly, when you hit the bottom of your life, never fail to learn your lesson. Can you read with me finally? Never fail to learn your lesson. Every situation, every encounter teaches us a lesson. I've been seeing these wordings in someone's social media profile. One of yours. It's very true. Let every moment in your life be a new lesson. Let every moment in your life be a new lesson. It is so valid. It is so right. Every moment in, your, in our life is a new lesson. What will really help us to ascend from the descent is the learnings that we gained when we are at our descent. The learnings that we went through, the learnings and the knowledge that we acquire when we are in our descent, that will help us to ascend. Listen to me for a few more minutes. This is very important. If someone is going down in the wrong road, if someone is taking the wrong way, he really doesn't need any motivation to speed up in the wrong direction. What he or she needs is a correction. Are you with me? Are you with me? If somebody is taking a wrong decision in your life, will you stand there and come on, just cheer him up, cheer him up. You know, he's going to fall in the pit. You know, if that's what you want to happen, that you may do it. But once you know that it's the wrong direction, you don't do it. What you need is 
he or she needs to change the course of life and correct himself or herself. I don't know about you, the hardest thing I deal with me is making corrections and bringing change to me. The hardest thing that I deal with is to make changes to me. We can say that, okay, it may be difficult at this age, but that's not true. We are hiding behind something, right? That's not true. Not necessarily. John Maxwell, in fact, you know, in his book, Leadership Gold, in chapter 2, this is what he says. The toughest person to lead is always yourself. The toughest person to lead. You can lead hundreds of people, but when it comes to the time of leading yourself, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? When it comes to the time of leading yourself, that's where your challenge is. Proverbs 12, chapter 1, chapter 12, verse 1. Can you read together? Whoever loves instruction, loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Whoever loves instruction, loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. When people, uh, I just want to throw this because I know I'm vulnerable here, but then I just want to do it because if it helps you. When people suggest corrections, I don't ignore, but at the same time, I don't accept everything. When people change this correction, you would have felt, right? Changes correction, I don't ignore, I listen, but I don't, I don't accept everything. But what I try to analyze, I take it home and then try to see whether there is an opportunity to improve. There is an opportunity to change or correct myself. That doesn't mean that I will change totally as per your expectation. But I will not lose if there is a chance to make some improvement, some corrections. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's not different from what you do, but I just want to say it out loud so it may help. You know, I have given all the freedom, 100% of freedom for someone to correct me. Who is that? God? <laughs> I don't need to give him permission. He knows. He will do it anyway. If I don't change, then he'll do it in his own way, right? But someone else I have given all the freedom to correct. Who's that? No one? <laughs> Who's that? Oh, <laughs> okay. My wife? <laughs> okay. That's a good answer. Thank you. <laughs> so yes, I have given all the freedom to correct because she does a lot of corrections. They are valid. They are good. But that doesn't mean that I change according to what she wants. That doesn't mean that I do everything that she says. No, 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 not at all. Don't invite me for a marriage or a relationship workshop. No, I need to probably sit and listen again. No, I won't listen. I'll follow Bible. I won't listen to everything, whatever she says. But I give time and space for her to work in my life. And I will really see whether that there is a need for change. And there are hundreds and hundreds of things I have changed depending on listening to her. So what I'm trying to say is the same way whenever I say something, when I teach something, or when you listen to the word of God, when somebody preaching, sometimes it looks like, you know, this, their own theology, their own ideas is what they are saying. But then, 
As long as it is not wrong teaching, then we don't, we don't reject it, we don't ignore it, we just take it. And you analyze and see whether is there an opportunity for improvement in your life. Because for some reason he is saying that to you. For some reason she is coming and telling that to you. Look for any opportunity that where it can improve. This morning we are talking about the final thing. When we hit the bottom of our life, never fail to learn a lesson. Never fail to learn a lesson. So when we are thrown at the bottom of our life, I suggest you to analyze your life and find out the reason why you are here at this situation right now. I want you to analyze and I want you to really see if there is an opportunity for change, if there is an opportunity for improvement. We need to learn from the lessons and bring changes in our lives to become better, to become better so that we don't need to hit that descent, hit the bottom of our life once again in our lives. So there are a couple of questions to ask as we close. Can you put that in the screen, please? The questions to ask, number one, what, the question is, what made you to fall into the pit that we are in today? Whatever pit that may be. These are the questions that probably that we need to ask today. What really made you to fall into that pit today? Second question, what caused you to make your life such a mess? What caused you to make your life such a mess? Number three, what is the main problem in your relationship? What is the reason you are unable to come up in life? Ask these questions to you and that will help you to realize to learn the lesson that we need to learn today. How do we rectify those areas? How do we bring change in our lives so that our life will move forward? Our life will start ascending into the position, into the level where God wants us to be. Shall we all arise this morning? I believe God has spoken to us this morning through four different ways, four different things that we need to remember when we are hitting the rock bottom of our lives. Number one, we said, Never assume that it's the end of everything. Never get discouraged by people. Never underestimate the power of God. Never fail to trust in the power of God. Never fail to learn your lesson. Shall we close our eyes this morning?